welcome back to Poeta the Podcast, and today we have an amazing special episode, episode 127, Halo Matters live this past weekend we got the chance to head on down to san antonio to pack south 2020 where we got the chance to record our live episode in the latinx lounge thanks to the latinos in gaming group so the audio picks up a little after we started and that's just because i had some issues getting it up and the first question like we always do for every episode to start our topic is what was your favorite Halo memory? Now, let's pick up where Matt's starting. Probably when I first got Halo, because it kind of was the representation of a new console. So basically, one Christmas, my parents got my brother and I a new console called an Xbox. And we're like, what is that? And it came with Halo. And then basically, we spent all that winter playing together. And bonded a lot <laughs> over that and it led to a lot of I guess childhood memories at this point yeah. oh no I feel old <laughs> you feel old <laughs> what about you Kate? Uh, yeah so me actually I came to Halo at Halo 3 because I also have a little brother and um, he's nine years younger than I and when I first got an Xbox uh, I mean I had been GameCube and PlayStation right before then and then we finally got one and I was like oh I want to play Tau Fang Enter the Lotus because I like fighters brother was like "Ooh, mom what's this Halo game and I was like okay let's play and I came into Halo and I remember getting, it might not have been that first one, I think it was when they did Combat Evolved, the re-release of the originals, is that what it was? Yeah. The, we got, my favorite memory is getting the vehicle, the, the Warthog, stuck in something and trying to use the grenades to get it unstuck because we couldn't get it stuck. And it was a constant occurrence. Like, it was not just like, oh, I accidentally did this thing. It was like, I accidentally did this thing 10 times because I don't know how I am supposed drive. to drive. <laughs> and I was always the driver, which was a terrible idea, which nobody ever learned from. Yeah. She's uh, not learned how to drive since. I haven't, but I just press A, so I automatically get in the seat. I like being in control, guys. Uh, and then for me, mine is just very quick. I, I got into Halo in Halo 1, and I used to play co-op with my dad. So me and my dad played Halo 1 and Halo 2, basically through the campaign. We played the, I played the multiplayer, my dad didn't really play the multiplayer, but I kind of feeling those memories with my dad, you know, getting through all the levels, trying to beat it as hard and difficult as we can. You know, him as Master Chief, because he's like, he's my dad, right? And then me as the Arbiter in Halo 2 was uh, really great. And we'll talk more about the... Uh, uh, the experiences of like multiplayer and like why that's such a big deal for Halo uh, when we start getting to talk about why those but we usually start off with some quick production history and just for the interest of time we'll just kind of do the quick production history. Wait, before uh, we get into the production history I do want to say full disclosure uh, this is a franchise been around since 2001 it's 2020 we have 58 minutes so we're not going to be able to cover everything <laughs> so we forget something we're sorry. But we, 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 we went through, I went through a whole bunch of things and we had to like all right what's most important but uh, you know, hit, hit us back up in, you know, when Halo Infinite World's background, we had our, our, our revisit, and I promise we'll get into whether or not, you know, Master Chief is a daddy or not, or... I will be leading that conversation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, a little bit later on. But for our production history, in, in case you, you're, you're not aware, because um, in the 90s, Bungie was coming off a successful run of a uh, real-time strategy, a real-time tactics game called Myth on Mac and the sci-fi first-person shooter marathon on for Mac and PC. And they basically wanted to take the myth, myth, uh, myth mechanics of kind of the RTS world and bring it to their sci-fi shooter kind of genre for marathon. 
and really the early versions of the games that were codenamed Monkey Nuts and <laughs> later Blam um, were basically just on myth engines, but like sci-fi. Um, and one of the biggest things for the myth engine was 3D maps and being able to kind of change the maps and things like that. So not necessarily the uh, StarCraft level R uh, RTS mechanics, but just a little bit different. And the big shift from RTS to this you know, first-person shooter that we have now really started when they started to look at controlling vehicles and really putting you in a third person. Instead of just like clicking, highlighting, and clicking over here to make your vehicle move, they gave you like a third-person view of the, uh, the then the now Warthog as they would go through, and they just kind of went closer and closer and closer and really realizing that that experience of controlling the Warthog, controlling your units that close up was really great and then they decided to turn it into a third person shooter um, in kind of like the that kind of intermediary transition and with that shift we, we start to get a lot of buzz especially after E3 in 1999. What year? 1999. Oh dear. Yeah. And this is basically at, at uh, E3 1999, and Bungie makes people sign really, really strict non-closure agreements. And essentially, all these journalists are saying, my favorite game I played at E3 is one that I can't even play yet. <laughs> uh, and it really creates this, this giant buzz. And the buzz gets so big that it even gets the attention of Steve Jobs at uh, Mac. And at the time, he's trying to kind of really build the game division of Mac, spoiler alert. It never happens. Uh, but he's looking at Halo to kind of be that big intermediary to kind of like jump into that market. And basically they say, hey, we really like it. They sat down with Steve Jobs, he liked the game, and they said, hey, give us something at Macworld. So basically they had to kind of change this very quick idea that they had of a not first person shooter to a first person or to a third person shooter and say, hey, world, here it is. So they basically had a couple of days or a couple of months to do it. And the funniest part about this is that they essentially come up with all of our favorite things about the game, like right before it happens. So three to four days before um, uh, World, the uh, the theme song that we all love. I almost, started, I almost started humming it. Oh, you want to hum it? <laughs> hum it, I hum it. Sing it. If you've listened uh, to the show before, you know that Adrian hums songs, yeah, I and do. I then try to put them into exactly. the opening. Yeah. Please uh, hum. I almost went full operatic, you know, my baritone voice is about to come out. It's going to be about to be really, really good. So three, three days before, um, you know, Martin O'Donnell puts together this great score and gives us one of the best theme songs of all time. They also had to, three days before, come up with a name and they came up with just like really, really terrible names before they came to Halo. Um, and if we have time at the end, we can kind of tell you something. Wait, but, I, but I, 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 so I want one of them at least because we know that the Fast and the Furious names in Japan are the best things in existence. This is true. This so is true. I need to know at least one of those uh, names. The Santa Machine. Oh dear. Uh, the Crystal <laughs> I think I Palace. Been, that was so. The what? The Crystal Palace. The Crystal Palace. That's not that bad. The White Castle. I mean, that's close. Star Palace. Maker. None of those hit as hard as Halo. So no, uh, I don't know why. Yeah. It's that, uh... They could have. I mean, they could have stayed with Monkey Nuts. I think that Monkey Nuts would have been good. But, you know, <laughs> here we are. Um, so they basically put all this together in a couple of days, and it's a huge hit. Everyone's hype. Everybody's ready for it. However, because of some financial situations with their Myth game, essentially what happens is they ship uh, Myth 2. There is a bug that like wipes their computer, and they have to recall 
100,000 copies of the game, which cost Bungie like almost a million dollars. Um, and they're just in financial straits, but to the rescue comes in Microsoft. Dun, so this is Y2K, wasn't it? <laughs> Actually, Microsoft acquires Bungie 2000, and then they get the rights to Halo. So yeah, it was Y2K. Yeah, Thank you, Y2K, Y2K for Halo. Yeah. So you know, instead of getting it's going to Mac, it goes to Microsoft. And if you played games in the early 2000s, you know that Microsoft is trying to get off the ground. Xbox and makes basically makes uh, Halo Combat Evolve its you know primary starter and which carries them through much of the early 2000s and basically becomes their you know golden child which we'll talk about in our but why those uh but basically 2001 combat evolve halo combat evolve releases on xbox and later on pc and mac in 2003 so we do get a mac port eventually but that's really kind of all, all mac gets but essentially we go from this RTS inspired game to a third person shooter and then down to a first person shooter and a very, very like brief kind of description of that. And basically from 1997 to 2001, this Bungie comes together and gives us all this really, really great game. Um, I think my favorite part about this is that Mark O'Donnell put together that, that opera, that uh, symphony with three days notice. And it is one of the best theme songs ever. I will say like the Halo, the Halo original soundtrack is one of the best gaming soundtracks, and I say that as somebody who like uses music and like honestly like gaming stuff to like just kind of calm down sometimes. And that soundtrack is beautiful. And I, I, I mean, obviously there are others, and I know, but Halo hits in a special place. And I don't know if it's just because like my age, where we played, or just kind of how it's defined stuff, but it's great. It's the guitar. In three days. So basically, just kind of overarchingly cool what we get from that first game is uh, we get a bunch of games that total over $5 billion in sales. We have um, Halo Comedy Ball, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo Wars, Halo 3 ODST, Halo Reach. Halo Wars? I don't count Halo Wars. <laughs> I mean, Halopedia does, so we do. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, Halo Reach, Halo 4, Halo Spartan Assault, Halo The Master Chief Collection, Halo Spartan Strike, Halo 5 Guardians, which you can count if you'd like, Halo 2 Wars, Halo Fireteam Bremen, which is an arcade game, which if you haven't played it, you should go play. It's probably at your David Buster. I didn't know so that was a thing. It's pretty good. And then you have Halo Infinite coming out sometime this year in 2020. We'll see what happens. So what's your favorite then? Uh, Halo 1, I think. Uh, I'm gonna be basic and just say the re-release of the Master Chief Collection because that's where I spent most of my time. But Halo 3, ultimately, because of the multiplayer pieces, and I do know that I spent way too much time in those Halo 3 lobbies than I should have at the time. I should have dedicated it to other things. I did not. I did blow off a couple of dates for Halo 3 lobbies. That much I do know. That's a good decision. That's a good decision. Always fair yeah, uh, I think it's Halo 1 for me just because Halo's 2 campaign isn't as good and like I have memories of like the campaign with my dad. But from there we get, you know, there's, if, you have, if you're also not aware, there's 28 novels um, that have been produced since 2001 and then ones that were produced in 2019. Um, lots of comic releases as well that have run from 2000, primarily with Marvel Comics, but now they're running with Dark Horse Comics. Uh, there's lots of live action stuff as well. Lots of, really lots of announced and lots of canceled projects, lots of fan films. But kind of like the big ones, this is 2012, we had Halo 4 Fallen uh, Forward um, onto Dawn. 2014, Halo Nightfall. 
and we have a upcoming Showtime television series coming out in 2021 that has a couple of the main cast cast currently, but can, business can is say, crazy. Can I say my favorite one? Yes. Yeah. Pablo Shriver as Master Chief. I'm very happy. He's a very large man, yeah. and he's going to be a great Master Chief. <laughs> yeah. I actually saw a Master Chief walking around here earlier who looked fantastic, and if it's anything like that, I'll, I'll take it all day. There's a lot of them, I believe, in this convention. I, believe oh, yeah. I feel like they're based out of Austin, the, the yeah. Master Chief. I saw a group of like five Spartans they, like, they come around around, and around together. Every Texas convention we go to, they seem to be around. I don't know if it's the same is, people, is, is, is but there, like, there's always a group of them. So you know how Star Wars has the 501st Legion? Is there an equivalent of like Halo cosplayers? I, I would yes. assume so. I see, I see some. Yes. Yes. Get with me after yeah. this so you oh, can look, tell actually, me who they yes, are. Actually, Oh, yes, there we go. Yeah, there we go. You look amazing, by oh, the way, nice. I just have to say. <laughs> uh, we also have anime, you know, 2010 had Halo Legends, basically seven short films, and 2015 we had Halo, the, uh, the Ball of the Reach, and then as an animated series. Uh, my favorite thing when we do these notes is to look to see if there's a musical, uh, because one thing about this, like, I would love to see a Master Chief musical. But sadly, there is not one. I'm actually disappointed there's not. Yeah. We found more surprising that there yeah. are. But none you, of them are very good. Yeah, if you exist. want Nightmare Fuel, go watch the Teenage Mutant Turtles yeah, uh, musical. Hold on, is that, no, is that better than Shrek? The Shrek musical isn't that bad. So you Shrek, it's not that bad. Those it's costumes in the TMNT one is just yeah. terrifying. But terrifying. now I want a Halo musical. But I am very, very sad I have not seen the Halo anime. Imagine Master Chief singing about by himself. I oh gosh, that would make him a daddy. Just saying. Halo deserves a musical, but why though? <laughs> Doesn't. Yes, why, though. everything <laughs> deserves a musical, Matt. <laughs> Will we get a musical for almost everything? Because we deserve it. Uh, I don't know if we deserve it. So speaking on kind of our but why, those are kind of like the big pieces of Halo and why they matter so much and kind of why you all are here today and why we decided to do this panel. Um, again, we don't have time for everything, so I'm trying to hit like the biggest points. And when it comes to Halo's, one of Halo's biggest influences, it definitely comes down to the mechanics. Um, and that has a variety of different things, but the first thing is definitely the FPS controls. You look, GoldenEye walked so Halo could run. <laughs> While GoldenEye, you know, you all played it, I know you did, had revolutionary FPS controls for a console, Halo really nailed it. And I don't know the last time you played Halo, uh, played GoldenEye, but the tracking in that game is garbage. Um, whereas Halo hits it a little bit better. Um, this, of course, is really mainly due to the, the twin stick controls, which isn't the first to do it. But with the soft trigger or the soft target lock and um, you know the soft aim assist, it really gave you a better sense of control when you're trying to track enemies, um, opposed to kind of like that hard target lock that you get in other games. It doesn't really make you feel like you're actually the one shooting that guy in the face. It's definitely the first game I've ever known to use the dual controls. I mean, like I said, GoldenEye may have, we may have had it in some other game, but this is the one that really solidified it. Um, I know my biggest memory from this is with my brother play. Um, when you first walk out of playing Halo, apparently you press up or down to determine whether you are inverted or not inverted. Uh, apparently we missed that reading. And so my brother played inverted for about three to four years before anybody ever noticed until I like picked up his controller and I'm like, how do you play like this? He's like, I've always played like this. Isn't that how everybody plays? He's like, no. <laughs> and we came to realize after some deductive reasoning, we came back and realized that he apparently pressed the wrong way on the joystick and forever sealed his fate of being an inverted player. <laughs> I will say, 
I remember why I didn't play much of the early Halos, and it's because that Xbox controller is ridiculously large, and I have very small hands. So you had to grab it, and you had to twist your hand like this, put it like around with the B, because, I mean, if you played any sports games, you had to get to the Y, some of the controllers. I played fighters. I just used it like a joypad. That's yeah. all I did. I <laughs> I they were that big because they, they, they made them smaller. They were big. Eventually. No, look at my hand, sir. They're not large. <laughs> uh, I mean, I... We held an N64 controller. We just had a random, like, thing hanging out in the middle of them. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was player two because so I was playing on, like, the shitty mad cat controller. While but my dad was the controller oh, Adrian, 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 they obviously did not care about you. Adrian, enough. I don't want to break it to you. Was your controller plugged in? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> Imagine if it wasn't. Like, like some of my most you know, basic memories of my father are playing Halo, and like if they're not even real. I mean, so are my brothers. So. <laughs> I feel like anybody with a sibling did better. <laughs> so uh, further from there, I mean, uh, with the exception of Matt's brother, <laughs> Halo really kind of solidifies our kind of default map, uh, default mapping for a very long time when it comes to games. So, you know, your left trigger is what, Matt? Without even looking at the thing, what's your left trigger do? Now or before? Before. <laughs> you said this to me last time. I gave you different <laughs> Grenade. Yeah, it's grenade, right? And then you, that stuff is kind of solidified with Microsoft. And it's a very purposeful, purposeful thing Microsoft does. They, they basically shared Halo's technology and designs in hopes that it would become the standard and to also help uh, other platforms and developers come to Xbox by giving out their things. So they're basically doing like the Tesla stuff before Tesla does the Tesla and stuff. And for those of you wondering, I said it hangs down the scope. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but then they added more. I will say though, with this Plus. controller piece, one of the cool things that makes it like important or I guess pertinent to 2019, 2020 is that like Xbox actually shared its designs for the accessibility controller that they launched. Yes. So like Xbox has always done this thing, which is really interesting and also really cool when you think about how controllers, like a standardized controller would help so many people in a whole bunch of different ways. Which, like, I mean, I play majority Xbox, but it does suck when I have to go do demos. And it's like, oh, this is a Switch controller. These keys are not the same, or these yeah. buttons are not the same. I mean, obviously, we know they do uh, PC stuff, but it's still the fact that the Xbox controller is almost your standard PC controller. Yeah. Yeah. It's, also true, yeah. it's almost like Microsoft runs Windows. Yeah, no way. <laughs> Uh, from there, one of, one of the other bigger things, too, is kind of our shield and health regens that we kind of see in almost any Sure, you play the things, things I rely on. Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, Kane's a tank in a lot of our games, which is good and bad sometimes. Um, so most FPS games and other games at this time write health packs. When was the last time you picked up a health pack in an FPS game? I have no idea. Uh, but Halo really took a different approach to this and made the combat set around your ability to kind of balance your health regen or your shield regen. Uh, Halo also like changes this a lot, right, in the, in the variations, but they kind of keep that there. But now, like, think of what... FPS has had this, you know, Call of Duty, Battlefield, Destiny, God of War has, or Gears of War has it. So, God of War, what uh, <laughs> Gears of War has it, so it's definitely like a very standardized thing, and I don't know what we would do if I had to like go high uh, for health packs. I would Halo. literally just die. That is what would happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I let you down. No, I'm not, actually. Run and gun, get in there, Rambo yeah. style, just go. Uh, speaking of running and gunning, I think one of the other things I love too about Halo, uh, especially the first, the first couple, is basically our ability to have 
relatively intelligent AI in those two games, and basically kind of like nothing that I had experienced leading up to that. So you have, you know, elites seemingly can't commanding grunts while they stay back, but then they would push in when you got a little bit closer. Jackals using their plasma pistols to bring your shields down, um, just so everyone else could fire at you. And it all felt really natural. You know, everyone remembers the library where you would, you know, they would hide around the corners and they would wait till you turned around, and then they would come. Um, and they're not even really intelligent, or even past being intelligent, it's also being dynamic, so the elites having animations that would, you know, head fake and dodge your shots, or dodge to, you know, avoid incoming grenades, um, have that dodgeball melee to carry momentum if you weren't uh, being on, on your toes on Legendary. They were just cheaters, I got out of this. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I mean, and this could definitely be because the movement of the player in the first Halo is pretty predictable, so it's kind of easier to kind of program the AI accordingly, but it's still satisfying to play against, especially when you consider Bungie's distinct uh, mission to like put in that 30 second action loop of, you know, you know, no 30 seconds of the game is really repeated where the missions are kind of like consistently changing uh, the context to challenge you, and the, the AI basically handles the decisions on that 30 second time scale where, uh, you know, where to stand, where to shoot, and then when to kind of dive out of the way of grenades, kind of in that mode to kind of give you, you know, at least 30 seconds of like fun, and then a little bit of a break and 30 seconds of fun, instead of kind of just that hard, you know, repetitive, just waiting, well, waiting out of the way. Well, maybe it works with the shield regen. Yeah, so right, yeah. 30 seconds of fun, your shield's down, you wait until the yeah. gems, you go back. Yeah, and this is also like not something I think is like super, I don't think this is something that's done very well, like in games now, yeah. um, or something like you know, we, we just want more and more and more stuff. But for the longest time, like this is this becomes the standard in the early 2000s, especially when you're considering the different shooters that are are out there. Um, any other things on mechanics before we move on to uh, the co-op split-screen play, I which everybody <laughs> remembers very fondly. No, right? I, mean, I think they're great. I said. They set the standard for a lot of things. I, I know they're made, the first, but they're definitely the best. I mean, I made my Xbox controller joke, and that is all I have to say about the matter. <laughs> what do I do with my hands? Uh, <laughs> so, moving on from there, we'll kind of talk a little bit about the co-op and multiplayer, which really kind of takes the center of Halo's real big importance, especially into now. How is the multiplayer? How is the multiplayer? Um, the funny thing is, is that multiplayer almost didn't even make it into the first Halo because they were so pressed for their release, they almost cut it out entirely, so we would never have what we have today if they didn't you know, just stick with it and the developers didn't play 16 hours a day, system linked to killing each other. Um, we wouldn't have even gotten the multiplayer if they didn't push for it so hard. Um, obviously, Halo Comedy Ball, the first one, doesn't come with online multiplayer, but it did have really great co-op play as well as system link play. And if you remember, or if you don't remember, if you didn't have an original Xbox, the that system. Bulletproof thing? Yeah, the bulletproof thing. Yeah. <laughs> they just did everything big, and if you throw it at you, it's probably going to hurt. Um, the system link allowed for four consoles to have up to 16 players. Other things had system links before this, but the Halo having the 16 player link allowed me and my friends to kind of take over my mom's house and just all play together on our like small little screens. <laughs> which is even smaller when you cut it into four, which is something that I don't really do too much anymore, but at the time it was really, really great. Um, and again, like, as I said before, the co-op campaign really gave... I was just about system link for a second. Oh, okay, go for that it. that okay. is a big thing. Like, 
for me, like, obvious, I don't know if people remember, we had, like, I mean, I'm sure we have some today, but, like, they started making, like, Xbox carrying cases and all these game carrying cases for probably people like me. I literally, for a while, just carried my Xbox in a trash bag in my trunk of my car, I guess. I guess a little dangerous. Obviously, as I got, got a car. It's called better. being resourceful. Yes, because everything we played, because people didn't like to play split screen for the most part, for everybody knows of screen watching, and not everybody carries around cardboard to split your screen, so I, we just carried around Xboxes and we system linked them together. I mean, one of my birthdays, we literally ran cords across the house, upstairs and downstairs, and used makeshift tables just so we could play on different TVs, as you say. And then you rotate teams. See, and this then you is want to play with people. This is where I'm very thankful that my brother was so much younger than me. He had no idea what the hell he was doing. In fact, the split screen would confuse him. So I was a winner in my household until he like de developed like very fine motor skills and became a teenager. And then I was like, oh no! And now he plays competitive Overwatch at Texas Tech. So I did my time and I brought my brother where he was by beating him repeatedly. Is that, is that, in Halo. that is that is exactly what happened. He did his time with me in Halo so that he could run and play. Competitive Overwatch. Yeah, well, he's on Cloud9, we know who to thank. <laughs> <laughs> or he's on the Outlaws, we know who to thank. Yeah. Uh, Sadly, he's a Hanzo. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys remember the meme, but like the one like where like you put the blanket over the thing, because we didn't have cardboard. But we definitely did that with one of my friends. Uh, Dimitri, if you're listening to this, I remember. Uh, this, this, <laughs> very direct. This dude was screen look. Even when my dad got like this nice big TV, he would still screen look. I'm like, dude, like you have a whole this real estate. It's it's a very. Did you ever to cover me. the mirrors? We've had people in houses. You had to cover the mirrors. Oh, that, that, is is next level. that is definitely like you got competitive around there. So this is where I ask: Did screen looking walk so that screen that so that stream sniping could run? That's. Yeah. People have always been terrible when put in multiplayer. Yeah, this is the takeaway. We, we know that. <laughs> we're going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. We, we were talking about screen sharing and stuff. I mean, how much. Did you ever trust anybody to play? No, I mean, no. did you hold it against anybody to play? So, you, I, I mean, never. So I guess the main thing was you, you make sure to, like, we're going to cover the screens and everything. You say, you know what? All out. We're just going to screen watch. We're screen watch. We're all at level playing field. So but if you don't, that's on you. So I never thought to cover anything, but I also like I also grew up like totally different in that like nobody that I was friends with had any gaming systems. Like everybody would come to my house to play the one thing that I had, which was like vastly years apart from when things came out came out. And so like I didn't like that wasn't really a thing because most of the time they're just learning how to play the game. Pretty much. Oh, I felt like you could beat on a bunch of people that had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> hey, it's called being competitive. Is that what we call that? No, I mean, but I mean, honestly, like the same, like I would say, like the the thing that is different, and one of the reasons why I like the co, I, I like co-op over over everything in specifically in Halo is when I had an Xbox a lot of the games that we had it was competitive like most of them were fighters that we were playing or even before that when we had the PlayStation it was mostly just fighters we play a whole bunch of Tekken and so there wasn't really a communal goal other than to beat on the other person but at the end of the day one of the things that co-op in Halo did was when we were playing that it was it was a team and so I think that, like, old, honestly, I think Halo is actually my first co-op experience in general. And now I prefer playing co-op in everything vastly over playing it by myself. And it's just because it, it co-op introduces ways to help you in the game, but it also introduces new challenges. 
Um, I mean, like, so yeah, like screen looking. Yes, that. <laughs> that's fine. The co-op also introduces is like this whole aspect of like, is my teammate good? Yeah. I and feel very like, attacked. I feel very attacked by the comment that it all makes sense now. I'm like, I'm operating in the middle of this one. You start having yes, team dynamics, and you're like, oh. Man, I have to go hide on this corner again so they respawn. But we've all we played must. MMOs together, so like let's just play this multiplayer. This really? <laughs> There's a reason why takes now, and she's not the rogue. She runs off into the thing. And I was a rogue in Neverwinter, and that was the only time I was ever a rogue, and they never let me near the end of it because I was also when he was a healer, and that poor man. Yeah. Oh no. It's hard. Kate, get out of the red was something I heard many, many times. Okay. Into the red. <laughs> yeah, and to your point earlier about, you know, did you really trust anybody? Look, it's only it's only cheating to get caught in that. So, did I screen look? Who knows? No one will know. The buzzer told me. <laughs> uh, so, kind of into the kind of Kate's, uh, you know, a good thing that you can do is when you do have that co-op campaign, and for me, that was my first co-op campaign um, with my dad. It was the first time that like, we sat down and went, like, legitimately beat um, a very like hard game together, uh, which is great, and them continuing to do it, and I don't know if, if we don't have the co-op campaign that we do in Halo, I don't know if we get the co-op campaign that we get in things like Army of Two, or- No, we don't. Gears of War, not Gears of War 5, okay, it's fine. She had, I'm she very was, salty about that three-person co-op campaign in Gears 5. Just yeah, she, was, she was the robot. But if the game really changes when Halo introduces their online play to the franchise, again, not the first to do it. It's well, man played. I guess well, NBA actually on the Dreamcast like online. Dreamcast where you like just lag the whole time. Well, well, you thought you were playing well I'm actually I didn't have a Dreamcast, okay? <laughs> it's not my fault. Um, well, sir, if you had like a, if you could learn how to burn CDs back in that day. <laughs> so again, we don't advocate any of this. This was past selves. I never said I was a qualified advice giver. Yeah. <laughs> again, only cheating if you get caught. Uh, so Halo induces, induces that that online play, and really, really great things happen, but also probably things that aren't so great. So. Basically, after the success of the multiplayer aspects of Combat Evolved, um, which well, again, only had a very small team working on it from 1997 to that 2001 release, Bungie basically dumps the majority of its resources into the multiplayer experience. And they really, it really has like these, these good and bad things to it. So they basically had to cut part of the story out of Halo 2 altogether. Which is why if we, I, I feel very vindicated in, in, in learning this because I thought the Halo 2 story wasn't as good as the first. It felt very short. But again, they're pumping all their resources into. I also feel vindicated because I don't remember Halo <laughs> <laughs> I remember what happened in three. I remember the experience of one. I forget two, like, how to campaign. Yeah. Um, so did, you. Did two happen, but why though? Yeah. <laughs> It did. I was, happened, the, I was the arbiter, okay? I was player two. It happened. It was real to me, damn it. Um, so they basically put the resources into that, but we do get a really, really great uh, multiplayer experience, um, which is. Oh, no. I need to update my computer, y'all. I'm sorry. There we go. So, I don't update. It's going to break it if I do. <laughs> 
Well, that's because you got a Mac. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to say it. I, you said that, not me. Yeah, find him find after. Find him after. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this is like this is a good thing that they kind of pump that that stuff into the multiplayer, but also kind of a bad thing because then like everything in their mother kind of gets a multiplayer, but probably doesn't need it. Um, like, did the new Tomb Raider games need a multiplayer? No, game? no, probably it very hard. Not, it no. very hard didn't. And I'm a completionist who likes to perfect my games, and I could not complete and okay. not perfect that okay. first reboot because of the damn multiplayer because there weren't enough people on. What's that was about Assassin's Creed? I had the first like two or three games, four games completed, and they said we're gonna do multiplayer, and I was like, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does get better, but then we end up with like Dead Space. Yeah, like the Dead Space really need a multiplayer. I am no. a huge Dead Space fan, and that didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Are you too busy playing the Mass Effect one? I was, because that one was good. I will, oh, okay. I will die on that hill. That that oh, was oh. good. Catch her at seven for her Mass Effect. Oh yeah, we are doing a Mass Effect panel at seven o'clock, guys. No, you will be. We I will. Be. Oh yeah, not y'all, me. You're famous. We are famous. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> so Halo Two also introduces a that that playlist system that we're also familiar with. Um, that really kind of automated that process to keep a steady flow of games at all time and kind of a semi-layered skill ranking system on top, which also kind of like leads to like cheating and things like that, but that's way too much stuff to get into um, right now. But we also get Xbox Live, which for some of us, I mean for me, was my first, multi uh, my first uh, online experience, which again, good. <laughs> and bad. You look good, you have people who aren't just playing in their dorm rooms or in their mom's house looking at mirrors, but people from all around the world get to play with each other. And it's a wonderful experience, no bad things ever happen. Then you weren't going to like anybody from around the world. And then you realize, does. And then you realize, and then you sit in the lobby, and you just get opened up to this just awful toxicity in FPS gaming. And I don't know if it's Modern Warfare 2 or Halo, but they're definitely tied for my like worst experiences in lobbies. So ever. I will say Modern Warfare 2 was a worse experience. <laughs> I will I will draw the hammer on that for me at least. Modern Warfare 2 was the worst. But I think that was because with Halo, people were still figuring out how to use things. <laughs> that is so it wasn't as bad. People didn't have a mic probably. Like, exactly. oh, I gotta buy a mic now. What well, because in Modern Warfare 2, you have the music playing in the background, uh, yeah. and then you have yeah, the toxic nice. stuff also you happening. You're just yourself because you didn't play Modern Warfare 1 <laughs> before Xbox had party chat. Yeah. I mean, they have like, like, like the proximity chat, so like if you just kind of stay away from everybody, then you really don't have to deal with it too much. I guess I, I guess I can see that. I learned but two it was my ways. first experience of just being like, why you never even met me? Like, why do you hate me so much? <laughs> what, why are you what, so how angry? You, how do you know my mother? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> this is how we do. And we were like, oh, this is why people buy Ventrilo. Yeah, so exactly. Here on the PC, yeah. I get it. Yeah, or TeamSpeak. Oh, I was going to say something I totally forgot. It was a joke. It was real good. Please trust me. It was Everyone, ever wrong. It, it probably wasn't. It's was okay. Uh, and we also, um, you know, between this and Counter Strike on the PC at this time, we get introduced to probably like one of the most disrespectful things and also one of the most fun things to do in games. Period. Teabagging. We had an hour long debate as to whether or not that was valid to discuss at the Halo panel. And You're I, the only person that debated okay, this. Adrian I, 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 I debated this, so let's just keep the positives. And But obviously, the crowd or like saying, proves that I was wrong. It's fine. I'll live with it. Yeah. I still do it myself. So, like, I guess I can't complain. I'll take teabagging over, you know, 
bad things about my mother being said in mommy chat. So I'll That's take fair. the teabagging. That's fair. Which is also, it also kind of happened by accident as well. Like no one like knew you could do it. And then like this one guy did it and it was like, hey, everybody on internet forums. So I will today. take, so I will take that over the last, like what, three seconds that play when you die in Call of Duty and it lets yeah. you, I will take, I will take that. You want to be that. screaming in the mic for three seconds? No, I really, really but don't. No, it was a weird thing how it took off because obviously it was, it was weird because at first it was like kind of this huge thing. People always did it and it was kind of. I guess fine. I don't know if it was ever actually fine, but it was like, never fine. It was like accepted apparently. It's it was like, never oh, fine of who it happened it, to. Fine. And then it just got to the extreme sense. I mean, I mean, I mean, and essentially, like it's it, it's just haunting at the correct. end of the day. And then, it's the then, same thing that we do when you spray paint after you kill somebody in Overwatch. Yeah, game devs put haunting in games. That's for a reason. Yes. Just, just don't start yelling in the mic. Yeah. Have the, the first part's fine. The yelling's not. Yeah, it, it all works. It all works out. So you have like the good and the bad. You know, we, we all we're all all here listening in the world of bar because of internet play, um, but also teabagging. So you know, <laughs> you, you gotta take what you can get. Uh, we'll kind of move on from there to kind of get into some of the things related to its importance to Microsoft because at the end of the day, this really is Microsoft's golden child when it comes to their money. Again, $5 billion in game sales. Um, and in with, like basically like in the late 2000s or early 2000s, Xbox gaming, or like the gaming aspect of Microsoft isn't also doing very well, like they're losing money and they're only afloat because of their sales from Halo essentially. Because <laughs> uh, well, people forget that like Microsoft is US based, the other big two at this point are not. Yeah, so like yeah. basically, we're just buying the Halo games and hoping it works yeah, out Halo while the rest of the world is playing PlayStation. Microsoft into the gaming industry, not only that, but it gets the US into like the consoles of gaming. Because like I said, at this point, PlayStation, Nintendo are not US based. People don't think about it, they, they know it, but they're like, oh wait, what do we do? No, the US at this point, has really nothing that I can make of. Well, and I think too, like when you start thinking about it, when and, and I know that like the constant gripe with Microsoft is that Microsoft doesn't have as much exclusives. Spoiler, I don't like exclusives, let everybody play yeah. games. But at the end yes. of the yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. yes, yes, thank you. We don't want to talk about it though. You can buy $600 out of the console. It's only $600. I really want to play Spider-Man, I don't have $600. <laughs> but like, but, but I will say, at the end of the day, one of the cool things is, as much as Microsoft doesn't have exclusives, they don't have exclusives in in tandem, or I guess meeting where so many I like so you're talking does. about this as this is an exclusive. So well, like, hold on, I'm gonna finish. I'm getting to my point, it takes me a long time. I'm like Michael Scott, I forget sometimes. He's running with the sentence. I am, and it will end up where you need it to eventually. Um, no, but the cool thing is when you think about Microsoft, and we did a Gears of War episode before, Gears and Halo, as much as these are the two biggest pieces of Microsoft's original IP, have carried so much and I don't say that as like oh they need more it's more like look at the staying power of these games look at how much these games have adapted with us as we've grown have adapted to new technology as that's grown and why they're still here today and why when Halo Infinite got announced at E3 we all cared well most people cared I really cared I stood up and I was like oh hi Master Chief's back and then Matt was like yes so like, I mean, we all care about these things and I think that like to build a platform and to build a gaming top piece with really these, Halo and Gears are honestly the two main things that I think of. 
it's really important because it's like it, it's two. It's it's two pillars that kind of hold it all up, and Halo starts that. Yeah, and it kind of carries even to even out stuff that's not Halo because as you see um, on the screen. Uh, they basically make their own virtual assistant, whether it's good or not, is a whole other story. It was uh, good. Nobody disliked Microsoft though. Fun fact, Microsoft's AI that runs Cortana is actually the base AI for Siri and all of the other um, voice recognition technology that is out there. Microsoft is very good at making product, not very good at marketing it. Yeah, giving all their stuff away so people, other people I mean, can do it. software that is Oh, software, okay, software. Yeah, so Cortana's actually, if you, if you, I don't even know how many people know Cortana's on their computers because they just turn it off right away. Uh, but, I know it because I accidentally <laughs> press the button all the time. <laughs> uh, but Cortana's actually voiced by Jen Taylor, who was the voice of Cortana in the series. Um, and I guess some cool-ish facts about Cortana, that the number of people with access to Cortana was 800 million in 2019, and the number of questions asked since launch has been 18 billion. What questions are you asking y'all's Cortana? Because I don't want to know. I asked Google a bunch of questions, uh, even Alexa. But, but uh, I will say this for me as a gamer was one of the moments where like integrating a piece of like gaming culture into a mainstream product is actually huge. And I know everybody's in this room because they're gamers, and I know we've seen like a giant uptick in our our hobbies, our love, our passions being brought into the mainstream. But for me, I remember the first time I found out that that AI was going to be called Cortana and just like completely losing it. Because it was exciting, it was small, but at the same time it was huge, especially for people who ultimately got treated a little crappy for liking video games, and now it's starting to be a huge piece. Like, people who don't even know who Cortana is have Cortana in their home, and they may not know the significance, but like, if you played Halo, you do. And you know the significance as to why having an AI named Cortana is actually really freaking cool, and the only name they could have gone with. I loved it. It was the only thing I put like the voice recognition so we could actually hear Cortana's voice. Obviously yeah. it wasn't very good at this time. It got better. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean I was, I was like you, I was excited. I was like, we got something. I would have been disappointed if it wasn't Cortana for what she meant to this franchise and everything else and all the stuff we get to I mean, for a while we don't even know what she looks like. She just a robot or whatever for a while. Is this where I ask, can I do a Cortana Matters What Why the episode? We could. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yes. The audience says yes, therefore it is decided. It is decided. Um, so I think we, we have time for like one more, but why them before we kind of wrap, it, wrap up stuff. But I think the community aspect is really um, important to kind of talk about, mainly because we, we are here at PAX 2020 doing this in a room full of people who like Halo. Um, so outside of all the toxic stuff and the teabagging and the cheating and the screen looking, um, Halo really does some really cool things to get the community involved. Um, outside of just playing the campaign or playing online with friends or playing consistently with friends. So interesting things like custom games, allowing players to design their own modes, the forge, letting you draw and build new maps. Um, I tried to build the Master Chief, but I just wasn't good enough. Um, uh, yes, doing the save films and the Halo Waypoint, giving people abilities to make their own movies, and then, you know, Red versus Blue, obviously, yes. right? Yes. Uh, we're Austin-based, so obviously... Red it's going on like year 18, I Yeah. Think. Yeah. Season 18. Yeah. So, it's a video game that people just cut up. 
Yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, it was it was so big that like far from like them uh, slapping down a takedown notice, Bungie actually incorporated them, incorporated Red versus Blue into their official ads and their announcements and their community celebrations. Um, huh? Oh. <laughs> there it is. We need to cover that on the revisit. We'll get there. <laughs> let's, just see, let's just see if Halo Infinite is pushed back or not. Um, and you know, and this might not have been unusual for PCs at this time because you're having you you know uh, you know videos being made and things like that. But for the console, like we don't have this yet, unless you did this on your Dreamcast, maybe. Did, did I did you a lot of my Dreamcast. Did, did, did you make Machinima on your Dreamcast? <laughs> so like that, that, that piece is super, super important because Bungie really, really, I mean, they're gamers who made games and really wanted to incorporate the community in their games. And, you know, even them going to Microsoft was kind of like, you know, oh, we're selling now because we want to be like the gamer in like the gamers who make the games kind of, kind of thing. But they use that power to create really cool things that gives us things like red versus blue, that gives us the ability to have Halo Infinite in 2020 when we started from an RTS the main question in 1997. Would Nintendo ever do this? <laughs> no, no, of course not. No. I mean, has anyone ever tried to get anything oh. from Nintendo before? <laughs> I, yeah, I heard something on the internet that they're planning on having Master Chief in Smash Ultimate. I would love that. I would love that, and it would be the biggest thing ever. <laughs> yes. I love Could you imagine Isabel beating up Master Chief though? Like I would love to see it. Wait, that'd actually be great. <laughs> it would be real great. <laughs> Instead of Master Chief, what if we get Cortana? I'd be down. Yeah. Ooh, oh, why not both? One of my favorites. Hey, hey, you only get one character. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we're, we're, we're making progress. I will say to the community piece, I think that there's something really beautiful, and it, it, it speaks to Halo, it speaks to every other multiplayer game, every other co-op game. There is a beauty in gaming when you get to connect to other people. And I know not everybody likes co-op and multiplayer, and that's fine. Like, play as you want to play. But I think getting to work with somebody towards a common goal and getting to kind of work, talk to them in a different way, understand them in a different way. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, I think at the end of the day, when we look at the strength of these games, of any game, it's the community behind it that drives it. And I think Microsoft embracing that community is one of the reasons why it, regardless of console sales and things, like I do think that there is a dedicated base that is there and we do communicate in a different way. And I think a lot of that is specifically because of how the online play happens, which is a very different experience than, you know, single player exclusives. They both deserve respect, but I think for me, community is the piece that matters the most, in, in my gaming at least. Yeah, uh, so we got about 10 minutes left, so I just want to run us through some quick fun facts and then we'll do our kind of final thoughts, our kind of our final wrap up. I'm just here for the fun because <laughs> uh, again, I know that you know we didn't really touch too much on the story. Again, we don't have enough time to touch on the story because there's we didn't a lot even of, touch on the weapons, sir. There's a lot. I mean, I'm just supporting you. Which team are you on? I don't see where you are here. I'm just figuring. Out. I, I'm just, I'm just here trying he's to. He's making on when I go get. He's, making, <laughs> he's making the notes for the revisit episode. Yeah, That's all this is. Remember, he said he didn't like Mac. Remember that part? Yeah. Mac, remember that, remember that for later, please. Yeah, well, he was, he never made it to Mac. 
so we, we talked a little bit earlier about the possible names, uh, some, some I didn't say. So the possible names for Halo could have been Covenant, the Santa Machine, uh, the Crystal Palace, Hard Vacuum, Star Maker, and Star Shield. All terrible. Okay, Star Shield is actually kind of a cool name. I'm just going to say. That's terrible. That's a terrible name. Oh, you're on the Star Shield. Yeah, that sounds dope. I'm sorry. I want to be on the Star Shield. Do you not want to be on the Star Shield? If someone said, sir, would you like to be on the Star Shield? Did you say no or would you say yes? I would say, say, where's the Halo at? Um, and this also could have gone kind of our multiplayer thing, but uh, the phrase new to was more or less expired, inspired from Halo 2. I know a lot of us think it's from Call of Duty. It's not like kind of the. I mean, no. The, no. Have you ever just looked up at the beginning of the match in Call of Duty and you're like, it's raining? <laughs> um, and then it would be you know, used in Call of Duty and Battlefield later on. Again, back to Cortana. She's going to have her own but why, though. It's probably going to be the entire episode for the revisit, it seems like. Um, the voice of Cortana also does Princess Peach, Toad, Toadette, and Zoe from Left 4 Dead. So all we're doing is connecting the dots to Smash, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, that's what we're doing. Uh, Cortana, the original design of Cortana, because it, it has other influences later, but the original design of Cortana was actually based on Nefertiti. Uh, since 2001, more than 11 million copies of books, strategy guides, and comics have been sold. I know we don't know what strategy guides are anymore. I know what strategy guides. I hold them dear. Do you course. mean the YouTube, sir? No. The YouTube. <laughs> no. I need. I need the 12-year-old kid to show me how to beat the level. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I miss strategy guides. I strategy guides were great. They were beautiful. They were battles. Yes. They were I see thumbs up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't got time to read, I, man. I, I <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is perfect. We usually get a map. Now I'm making a map. Now I'm looking at a map. Now monitor. you just make your own Excel spreadsheet. Oh, this is true. He does do that. It's, <laughs> it's something it works. else. But yeah, he's on a map. <laughs> uh, so from 2004 to 2010, before the great close down of the original Xbox Live lobbies, um, you had more than 20 billion. Um, uh, online games played, which was equivalent to. 235,000 years or 2 billion hours of playtime from 2004 to Y'all need to go outside. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> Jesus. That's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of hours. Um, so again, um, we obviously aren't able to cover everything and this also makes me really excited for the recap because all this stuff or the you know the revisit when Halo Infinite does come out for us to talk more about, you know, Master Chief itself as a character and Master Chief is a daddy, even though we've only seen his eyes. Um, hey, or, I've only seen the Mandalorian's like little bit of a wrist, <laughs> and then I saw his face in the last episode. He's still a daddy. He's still still a daddy. He's also literally and figuratively a daddy. <laughs> that, I mean, can't argue there. Uh, you know, Cortana. You know, the story the story being great, and hopefully seeing where Halo Infinite is at in terms of its production and kind of like what we're excited about for that. But do you have any final thoughts before we kind of... Well, I, mean, I guess like the one question you want to ask for me, obviously we talked about it, we're excited. I guess what are you most excited about for Halo Infinite? Because Kate always said she stood up and yelled. Did you stood up and yell? Um, I think that I've been hurt too much. I've been hurt before. Um, and I I played Halo, I used to play Halo when I was a kid before the multiplayer, but when I come back to it and as I'm doing these notes and I'm like, I'm here, I just really enjoy the co-op experience of it. So I think like the big thing for me is just really hoping for a pretty decent storyline for us to get something. Because when the game started, like that's what people played. And I hope they kind of get back to that because the story the last few games has been okay. But, you know, the Halo 1 story. 
You may forget Halo 2 story, but you remember Halo 1 story. You remember the library, Matt. You remember the flood. You know who also I remember? <laughs> I remember Master Chief. And that's the only reason I'm excited, because we, we, we have other games, and uh, to be honest, I haven't played the last few Halo games, and to be honest, didn't really care. Um, anybody that listened to Girls Award episode, um, when you define your franchise by one character, that's who I expect to play with. You re- you leave that random guy I played at uh, as in judgment alone that I can't remember his name <laughs> exactly. to. He also matters. When I play Halo, I want to play as Master Chief. When I play Gears, I want to play as Marcus Phoenix. When I play Tomb Raider, I want to play as Laura Croft. Laura. Laura. <laughs> we'll always be. Uh, but that, that's just how I define these franchises. And yeah. obviously, we've seen the marketing. We have three Master Chiefs pretty much on this picture right here. That's who I want to play with. And that's who we're getting. Or at least I hope that's what we're getting. Or we're just being bamboozled. <laughs> Real bad. Uh, what about you, Kate? I'm excited because, I mean, I I was kind of in your camp of like, oh, like, I'm going to be hesitant or whatever. But then I, I ended up reviewing the new Call of Duty for the site. And that campaign reminded me that when studios remember what made a franchise great and go back to it, they can embrace it and push it further. And so for me... I have a really big trust in what 343 is going to be able to do only because I haven't been let down by the most recent revisits to franchises and revisits to the kind of the roots of where they started. So I'm, I'm really You just excited. complained about a robot for 10 minutes. <laughs> that wasn't a revisit. That was a continuation of the story and uh, Marcus Every Phoenix. Marcus Phoenix. And I am very salty about that. So if you want to talk to me at after, I'll talk with you all day. Um, but yes, no, I, I I think when it comes to revisiting franchises that, that had gone away from things and they're coming back to things that people loved about them, I, I trust that. I, I do definitely trust they're going to be able to do it because we haven't we haven't seen stuff. Uh, kind of let me down before. Oh, it let me down before, but not right now. In this current time where games are meeting. I'm excited. I'm just going to stop talking. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's a perfect way to wrap us up. Yeah. Get us out of here. Yeah. So, uh, click the thingy. Click it again. No, do not. Oh, to, to the stands. There we go. We were going to have a Master Chief Live. We talk a lot. But we will be doing a revisit episode closer to when Halo Infinite comes out. Thank you all for staying with us, talking with us. We'll be around after if you want to talk to us one-on-one. Um, you can scan that code and get all of our links to all of the things, to the podcast, to our website. It's a QR to, code. It is a QR code. We had to debate as to whether or not to include it. Matt was right. I, I was wrong. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kate wanting to have her way. And me and Adrian, like, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, follow us at by uh, Epo. Why though PC on every single piece of social media there is. We interact a whole bunch. We want to talk a lot more with everybody. Get involved. And um, yeah, thank you all for coming. Seriously. Yes, thank you. Thank you and thank you for celebrating our third anniversary with us. So what got cut out is the fact that in 2017, our podcast started and we were just recording in the middle of the hallway at Pack South. And then 2020 came and here we are. So if you showed up, if you wanted to show up, or if you've just been listening to us all along, or you just started listening to us today, thank you for all of your support. We've succeeded more than we could have ever thought. And we're looking forward to a whole bunch more live shows and another three years.